a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Coast, Coast to Coast. Uh, it's nice to do two episodes relatively close together. I have three episodes now relatively close mm-hmm. together. Uh, I am Brian with me, as always, are Liz and Matt, and we are going to talk today about the first four episodes, the first sort of arc of Star Wars droids, sometimes called Star Wars droids, the adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO. This was a 1985 <laughs> animated series. Uh I like how you had to be specific about the droids that they were talking about. Well, you know, that's going to become a thing because they're making a movie called Star Wars Droids, I believe. Oh. Uh, They're supposed to be making a droid-specific animated film for Disney+. Plus. So I I wouldn't be surprised if if this is now going to be called, you know, if if, if they're going to lean, like the way that the first film was originally called Star Wars, but now we all call it A New Hope. Like mm-hmm. that, this was this will eventually be more known as like the Adventures of R two and C three PO. If it's ever gotcha. talked about at all, which it probably won't yeah. be, because it's very strange. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this show, uh, none of which are super coherent. But let's start here. So, Matt, you had said you watched these as a kid, right? I did. I did. Yeah, I watched them on. It was. It's been repackaged and rebroadcast a number of times as I looked into some of the details of it, um, which I'm sure we all did, right? Yeah, I, I did some reading on it, sure. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I watched it on, I guess, the early 2000s on the Sci-Fi Channel. It was part of their, like, cartoon block. Um, and I, I distinctly remember it, it says here. episodes. Uh, it, it says here 1996 that started. Oh, okay. So mid-90s then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess there wasn't as much back then on the sci-fi channel because they didn't own the rights to anything um, Star Trek yet. I think it was just the first Tremors, maybe. Let um, me say this. I I, I want to get back to what you're saying. But so uh, this was apparently um, uh, the block of programming that they showed had a lot of shows that I would like to watch now. They had okay. They had the Star Trek animated series, which Nickelodeon also used to show. Um, the Return to the Planet of the Apes animated series, mm-hmm. New Adventures of Flash Gordon, Transformers, Defenders of the Earth, which was like a Flash Gordon Avengers type deal with the mm-hmm. Phantom and Mandrake, uh, Back to the Future, the animated series, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth animated series, Land mm-hmm. of the Lost, um, Robotech, Ewoks, yep. Androids, Terrahawks. Man, I was missing out. I guess I was too busy being 14 years old and not giving a yeah. shit. To, it, was good, uh, it was good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, go right ahead, Matt. So, yeah. So, I remember watching it um, on TV and having va- vague memories of the arc that we watched. I don't know how deep into it I saw him because there's only a handful of episodes to begin with. Right. Because there's a seat. It's the same thing that um, when Liz tries to watch Rebels, that'll get in her way where they number them really weird. So, there's. I guess what twelve episodes in season one, and then season two is just a movie, right? Yes. Where Rebels does the same thing. Yes. Where it'll have like a four-hour just episode. So it's very but yeah. Strange. I 
Yeah, I I like I I had fond memories from childhood. So, how old would you have been in ninety six, ninety seven? I would have been uh, about ten. Okay, so that that, mm. that 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 makes sense in terms of being age appropriate to enjoy yeah. this. Because I also um, think that that's pre the re release of the films, correct? Ninety seven was the re release. Okay, so I w- I was into Star Wars about that time, so that makes sense with it too. Because I remember seeing them in the theater and being really jazzed. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, Liz, I presume that, like me, you maybe knew that these existed but never actually saw them? That is 100% accurate. Yeah, I would have been old enough to have watched them, you know, in the 80s when they were on. But I, I do not believe I... I watched them. I have no. I mean, you would have been young in the '80s when these were on. I would have been. I would have been like six, five or six, um, and then in you know '97, I would have been, you know, seventeen or eighteen. So I think I was concerned with things like driving, right? You know, and yes. hanging out with my friends. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I I have no memory of ever seeing these before. But I will say that. It, it really hit me hard in the distinct memory of just an 80s style cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yes. The storytelling style, the animation, just like at the end of that first episode when, you know, the bad guy is defeated and he's like, oh, guess it's time for a vacation. It just felt so typical of the time period. Mm-hmm. Yes, there there were definitely, definitely some like major nostalgia pangs as a child who started watching cartoons in the 80s of just like this is what cartoons in the 80s were like yes. you know um 100% of that uh so i don't know if you guys saw this i have not watched it yet because i honestly forgot i have a i have too many tabs open in my chrome browser um but i just want to read you this sentence from the wikipedia article and i found mm-hmm. the thing they're talking about the series was broadcast on ABC with its sister series, Ewoks, as part of the Ewoks and Droids Adventure Hour. It debuted in 1985 as part of a fitness special hosted by Tony Danza and live-action versions of the droids. I did. I did. I did see that. I didn't watch, but I saw that that was part of it. Yes. So it is on YouTube. So Oh, I, yes. Uh, I, I will drop a link into our text chat that we have with the three of us. Um so that you guys can can enjoy this, um, yes. you know, later on, as I will. Yeah. But because who? I mean, who wasn't involved in this series? That's the question. Well, that that is the question. I mean, we're mm. we're gonna, we're getting to that in just a minute. So, um, <laughs> I, again, I did not watch the Tony Danza thing, uh, listeners. I'll put it in the show notes also. So in case you want to list, you want to watch it yourself. You know, uh, go right ahead. I, I would encourage that. It seems bizarre, and it seems like something that could only have happened in that very specific time frame <laughs> like there, there there is no way that this sort of thing could have ever happened 10 years later or 10 years earlier there wouldn't have been the sort of cultural cachet of a, kill, of a children's show to get like a network tv star to do something in the 70s like this mm. and by the 90s we were all too irony pilled and didn't <laughs> didn't uh didn't want to risk looking uncool, so this wouldn't have happened either. So it's just it's a very it's a very specific relic from its time. As is the theme song. Uh what a what a jam. So it's called One in- of the best songs Star Wars has. How yeah. did we miss this on our music episode? Uh, that's true. We have to do a second volume just to talk about this more. <laughs> so 
The song is called uh, I, I Have Found Conflicting Reports. It's either called Trouble Again or In Trouble Again. Oh. It is written and performed by Stuart Copeland of The Police. Guys, mm-hmm. the drummer for The Police wrote and performed this song. Yeah. Did you look at his record of films and TV shows he's produced music for? So I am aware of this because... There is a movie, and I feel like Matt maybe has never, never seen it, but Liz and I are a little bit closer in age. Good and Burger? I feel, no, not Good Burger, no. Uh, I feel like Liz and I have talked about in the past, maybe I'm inventing this, like the movies that they'd show on HBO for an entire summer mm. where like you would watch it 10 times because it was on all summer or like whatever channel, insert channel of your choice here. Like cable just showed the same movies all the time. Yeah. There was a movie called Airborne. You ever seen Airborne? Ooh, I don't think I have. It, okay, mm. you know how there was like a, a subgenre of skateboard movies? Yes. This is a subsection of that about rollerblading. Oh. Uh, featuring a very young Jack Black in it, actually, and Seth Green as well. It's a real, it was made in 93. It, it's, it's, a real, uh, it's, it's a real garbage movie. But Stuart Copeland does this, the score for that, and it's like all drums. He's <laughs> a drummer, and so I just presume that most of his stuff was drums. But then you look; he's done. A, he did Wall Street, the Oliver Stone mm-hmm. movie. He did mm-hmm. "She's Having a Baby," the John Hughes movie. Like mm-hmm. he's done a lot of of uh, of scores. And yep. apparently, one of the first things he did in terms of music was for this Droids TV show. Yep, man. You have and to then realize. He, then he did Spyro the Dragon. Yes, he did. It was like the police like broke up in 1986. So this is he's in the police at this point. A, yeah. a successful. He, he, successful yeah. Like one of the biggest bands in the world at the time. Like yeah. this would be like getting one of the members of BTS to do the uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to do the theme song to his show. Like that's crazy. Maybe, um, maybe it's just his passion. Like like the RZA just he right. loves cartoons and just wants to make music for him. Maybe, yeah, but I mean, it's a jam. It really is. It it it, it, it is very catchy. Uh, Eileen listened to it. And she's like, "Oh, that's gonna be stuck in my head." <laughs> yep. um, it's like, "Yes, it will be." It, the the song is trouble. It gets yes, stuck in your head. <laughs> yeah, but but so um, what's what's amazing about it is this is again like, ju- this show was just unsuccessful enough that it never got released. Like on a, there was never a, a single for it or an album released. There was only a, um, there was only a Spanish language version on a Spanish language <laughs> compilation of the music from Ewoks and Droids that came out on vinyl. That's out of print. Mm. Um, have I looked for this on the internet? I have. Am I going to yeah. spend the money to buy it? That's yet to be determined. Um, <laughs> <laughs> TBD. TBD. Yes. Um, uh, but I will say that um, if you go on YouTube, there are a number of bands that have covered this song. Oh, really? Which is pretty fun, including a band, and I'm going to get their name wrong, but it's something, it's it's a play on the polyphonic spree, but everybody's dressed like an action figure. Oh. <laughs> and so, th- and so they, they play a version of this as well. So... Um, I, I I'm not sure. I I think I can I can legally drop a little bit of that in here. So let me let me do that right here.
so hopefully you all enjoyed that that little piece of heaven there, um, which is trouble again. Uh, I, I do want to point out one thing here. I, I gotta find my notes here. Did either of you look to look at the words of trouble again? I, I did. Yes. There is one line that is very disturbing to me. Oh. Let me pull it up here. All right. So uh, stepping softly into a danger zone. Got it. No weapons in my hand. Okay. It's just this brain designed by man. It's got me in trouble again. So basically the droid is is like pulling a very like Eastern spirituality and being like, I am not evil. My mind is evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's, just, and it's, not, it's not even my own fault. No, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a very, very strange. Um, it's a very, very strange song, but, but it's, but it's a jam. It is. So, um, yeah, I, I am, I am very curious how much I'm going to have to pay for this album. Cause I'm probably going to buy this album. <laughs> I'm also very curious. <laughs> Hang oh, on. Man. Uh, so you guys talk for a second while I, while I look up the, the value of this album. Yeah. Cool. Well, also, um, did you do any looking into who animated the show? Why don't you tell us? So it has a very familiar animation style to um, a couple of things that came out at the same time. Um, specifically, I got very heavy, like a uh, heavy metal 2000 vibes, although mm-hmm. the company, um, Nelvana, specifically did not participate in heavy metal 2000 because it was making a competitor to it that I don't know the name of because obviously did not do as well. Um, but the same animation company that did space age and dragon's lair, the animated arcade games. If either of you remember those from the eighties. Yes. Yep. That's the same people. Very distinctive, um, style. They, They also have gone on to, between the production company and the animation studio, make everything from Care Bears to Bob's Burgers. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it comes from a good pedigree. Huh. Okay, so uh, we're going to play a little game here. Oh, boy. I can buy one of these copies from Japan. It's going to cost me way more than I thought, and I'm not going to do it. Uh-oh. The other one I can buy directly from Spain. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cost about as much as I thought, but I'm not going to do it yet. I think I can, I can wait on it and get it cheaper. Okay. How much do you think it's going for? $85. Uh, I'll go 100 I'll break 100 The cheapest I could get this for would be $113.84. Whoa. Well... Matt has won the prices, right? So minus minus yeah. shipping? With shipping, it's $134.09. Okay. Oh, wow. it, the, if I were to get the one from Japan, it would be mm-hmm. $708.09. <laughs> Not doing that. Yeah. Might as well fly there and uh, get it. Sh- yeah. Shout out to any of our listeners in Spain. <laughs> mail us a vinyl. <laughs> yeah. It, they're they're, they're going to spend 100 uh, euro on a vinyl to mail to us. <laughs> um, we'll see. Uh it, yeah. Who, anyway. I mean, we could. You could also write to Stuart Copeland, see if he's. That is, uh... that is true. I actually, I, I, I think I know a guy who has interviewed him. Oh. So let let, let me see what I can do here. 
I would love, man, if Stuart Copeland wants to come on this podcast and talk <gasps> about that song. Oh my gosh. That would be fantastic. I'll never mention Sting, I promise. I'll never mention Sting. He and <laughs> yeah. Sting notoriously did not like each other. Oh, okay. Um, I also found out that each member of the police made a million dollars a night on their 151 date reunion tour. Wow. Jeez. Let me just say that again. <laughs> 151 dates, a million dollars a night. I guess they could afford that uh, record from Japan, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Stuart Copeland, buy me that record. That's what, that's what we're going to do here. That's, <laughs> that works. Um, but, Matt, going back to what you were saying, one of the producers on the show is somebody whose name you guys probably don't know, but you definitely know his work. His name was Paul Dini. And Paul Dini was the mastermind behind Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. which is one of considered one of the best animated uh, series of all time and specifically yep. probably the best superhero series of all time. Yep. Um and so Heart of Ice won an yep. Emmy. Yes, it did. Before before animated got its own category. Right. It, it's that good. Uh it's really, really good. And you know, the um the person who co wrote the fourth episode, we talked about this off the air last time, is uh stand up comedian Stephen Wright, who is like the least <laughs> likely person to ever write an episode of droids, but here we are. He co wrote it with the showrunner, uh Peter mm. Saunder or Sauter, rather. Um, yeah. yeah wh- which one? Which one of them had a hamster at home and was like, "Oh, I got a real good vision for this." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a really, it's strange how many people. I mean, I guess this is just what happens on these shows, right? Like, lots of people work on these, um, like on these types of shows. They're a lot of people's first gigs or first big gigs. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they wind up going on to other things, and it's 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 interesting to to see sort of the, the people that came out of this. I want to talk at the end of our chat about the Star Wars connections to this, mm-hmm. uh, because there are some like future down the road Star Wars connections. But my the first thought I I thought of when I saw this was oh this looks a lot like the short animated sequence from the holiday special mm-hmm. yeah uh, just like just sort of in the, in the visual style specifically there's there's two things that i noticed which is that um c-3po's eyes move around a lot mm-hmm. in these whereas that's something that never in the movies his eyes they kind of light up or or darken but they never there's there's no moving pupils in his eyes mm-hmm. right but this has you know quite quite substantial moving pupils and the other thing is that and maybe this is me not understanding how animation works but i think i I think what i'm about to say is going to make sense to you folks which is that i've always thought the difficulty in animation is to make things seem smooth that like it's easy to make things look sort of uh slow motion and moving because that just means you have to animate less you have to you don't have to worry about animating a micro a, a micro centimeter whatever a picometer uh mm-hmm. difference between a hand moving right if you just did an inch or between each one it would look choppier so i don't understand why the droids basically move like rubber throughout this mm-hmm. as opposed to being like very um mechanical they 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 bend in all sorts of ways here <laughs> <laughs> especially c3po yes yeah. yes yeah, they they very much match the animation style of the times. A very unrealistic, um, like hyper fluid type of animation. Yes, 
which seems to be easier, I guess. You know, if you had you have characters that realistically don't move much, uh, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, the be the yeah. What like, trying to think of like a happy middle ground because I mean R two D two all he does is roll around. But even well, even he it, like kind of uh-huh. shimmies a lot in this. Yeah, he bounces around a lot. In that fourth episode, when he was sad after C three PO like yelled at him when he had his new friend, mm-hmm. he like bent over because he was mm-hmm. like so sad <laughs> and he's just a can <laughs> but yeah, he's right, the right. <laughs> I also I'm just laughing very... at speaking of bent over yeah well yeah <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a minute um, <laughs> but uh, it's also very strange it looks like C-3PO is missing Sorry, R2-D2 rather is missing like some of the pieces on his headpiece like yes. there's like gaping holes in his headpiece where there's usually like a, usually there was a colored light there but it's just like a black hole here. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like very much, again, as a comic book person, like very much comic book level of liberties in character design. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you can recognize who it is, you're right. good. Right. And I think ultimately that's that's all that really matters for a kid's show too. Like, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I think we have more um, problems with this stuff because we are – we have a different set of expectations than a child would have for watching this, mm-hmm. right? But I don't uh, know if Lucasfilm would let something that loose fly these days. Oh no! Well, this I, is also yeah. this is also post Star Wars. Like realistically, Star Wars was just weird books at this point, and barely even weird books. Like the, the, the this was really the like the fallow time for Star Wars media. This is before Timothy Zahn introduces. Um, the Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. This is before we get um, Dark Horse Comics doing Star Wars comics frequently. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, th- there was a Marvel yep. Comics adaptation of this, um, but all that stuff, th- all those were sort of interesting curios about Star Wars. They were ne- they were not considered by almost anybody to be a true continuation of the story. Yeah. Now you could never get away with doing something that that was this. Um, this not tonally in line with with the average Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let, let's talk about the, the plots here for a second of of these episodes. Um, I, mean, I, I don't think we have to recount every little thing that happens here, but I do find it very interesting that that these four episodes really do make up like an arc of of a story, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, we leave every character that isn't R two and three PO. Yeah. I found that it's really also, strange. It's also shockingly familiar to the Boba Fett book of Boba Fett story. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, Liz, can, can you give us an approximation of the plot of this uh, of this arc? Oh, geez. All right, I'll see what I can do here. So, um, let's see. We wind up meeting. Um, Let's see, uh, this racing team, um, what, we got some names here. They're Thal and what is it, Jord? Yes, Thal I and think. Jord, yes. Yeah, and I think as I was starting to watch, I referred to them as Red uh, <laughs> Mohawk and Blonde Mohawk. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Guys. Um, and uh, there are some uh, land speed racing teams, and in the beginning of our, our arc here, they're they're racing or something. They seem to enter some sort of restricted zone. 
Um, and then they seem to be chased by, I'm not sure they cannonballs, something <laughs> or other. Yeah. Um, C-3PO or 2 d are involved. They wind up being saved by a mysterious female character who I believe winds up being Kia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a group of bad guys, and I think those are the Froms. Mm-hmm. Yes. They so, don't want their secret base revealed, because as we know, those bad guys always have a secret base. Of course. Um, the title of the ep- first episode is The White Witch. The White Witch is a speeder. Um, one of our uh, guys is captured. The blonde mohawk guy, Jord, is captured. Um, and throughout this, uh, first episode, he is rescued. Um, it turns out, uh, Thal, the other guy, Red Mohawk has a lightsaber. Um, yeah, just like in his dashboard, like in, in, in his yeah. compartment, rather like, <laughs> hey, look what I found guys, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, they're involved in rescuing, um, their friend, uh, and they do defeat the Froms here at, at this uh, this juncture. Um, we do find out that Kia's parents seem to be involved, maybe in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they they want to destroy the Froms' base. Um, and let's see, uh, they do try to. You are doing see- far better of a job than I could have imagined myself doing. By the way, you are. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay, very impressed I did take some notes because I felt like I would forget. Um, so they do try to sneak into the base. Um, and they are, the Froms have a uh, weapon, which is a satellite. I believe it's called uh, Trigon 1. It's not the Death Star, guys. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the Death Star. It, they did have a entertaining, um, uh, well, maybe we can talk about that later. But yeah, so they, they have the satellite. Um so eventually, uh, you know, our, our heroes wind up with the satellites. The Froms want it back. Um, let's see here. Uh, the satellite is eventually destroyed. And that is when we get to our last episode. Uh, let's see what happens here in our last episode. Let me think. Um I, you know, the Froms, they used to be, or they talk a lot about being the number one gangsters. They're not anymore, all because of these, you know, speed racer guys, it seems. They, they actually them. say at one point, the meddling kids, yeah. which is amazing, because that is, that is 100% a Scooby-Dooism, and they say it in this episode. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, it's their goal to really get these meddling kids uh, in this episode. There also seem to be a lot of thermal detonators involved. <laughs> yes. um, so in this episode, they're, they're going to race the White Witch. Uh, but, you know, they plant a thermal detonator, 10 laps, thermal detonator will go off. They've also hired, dun-dun-dun, Boba Fett to chase them. Yep. Surprise, surprise, I did not expect to see Boba Fett. Um and he's just as ineffective here as yeah. he is in everything else he does in his life. Yeah. He does not capture the meddling kids, but instead captures the Froms and says he's going to take them to Jabba, who seems yeah. to be a more successful um, evil crime lord. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, R2 and C-3PO do decide to leave their new masters and friends because they've mm-hmm. been offered new jobs at some sort of mm-hmm. land speeder company, but they won't let them <laughs> bring R2... Back. And see preparation by Zavalon Dak. 
yeah, because uh, they'll have to reprogram them or something. So, so that is the conclusion of this arc. That, that was a that was a shocking amount of detail, Liz. I'm not gonna lie. I expected you to say like, there are some speeder punks. We find them. There's a girl. The end. Like you, you really, <laughs> you went above and beyond here. Um, you are welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm very impressed. And our listeners should all be as well. Um, I'm sure riveted. <laughs> well, okay. So you mentioned riveted. Did this did did this at all capture your uh, attention, or were you guys looking at your watches the whole time, just waiting for this to be over? Generally, I'd say I was looking at my watch. There were a few moments I'd say that were entertaining, um, but overall, it wasn't exactly riveting. It's. It's something I very much like in concept, <laughs> yes. but in execution, not not as much. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like I I wanted to like it because I like the genre, I like the music, but it just um just wasn't there. Um, yeah. I think it's very much a product of the time and yes. perhaps, you know, I, we do want to like it and it is, you know, a bit nostalgic, but it just doesn't quite get it done for us in modern times. So I, I was thinking about if there would be an ideal way to consume this. And I thought, okay, this <laughs> would be fun, but, but uh, Lucasfilm slash Disney will never do this. Mm -hmm. Which would be, they should show one of these before the next Star Wars movie. Like, if this was, if you went to the theater, and instead of 20 minutes of trailers, you got to watch an episode of this. In a room full of Star Wars fans who would all be laughing, and like, get mm. the references that you get, and you could have fun and, and with it, and, and appreciate its campiness, but also somewhat appreciate it for for what it's trying to do like to me that would the way to enjoy this is with a half with, with a glass half filled with irony in a mm -hmm. room full of people who probably have similar thoughts on this than you do because i i think it's it's one of those things where it's a little bit too look so i, I let me backpedal here for a second i'm currently reviewing the new um paramount plus show big nate for multiversity it's based on a comic strip and it's very much a kid's show but there is so much adult humor in that that i am laughing more than my kids are laughing as we're watching it um like it is it is quite legitimately very funny and a lot of kids shows today are either really really well written with good music and good production values or there's a lot of jokes for the parents while they're watching it with their kids. This was during a time when nobody gave any thought to these shows whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They they just needed to entertain your brat kid <laughs> for 30 minutes on a on a Saturday morning, and that was it. That was yeah. the only purpose of it. And so because, it's very Hanna Barbera, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it just it really doesn't have any anything about it beyond what's exactly on the surface of it. There is no subtext. There is no um, hint of things to come. There is there are no winks. Uh, the only winks that are there maybe are uh, in the form of some inappropriate jokes with C three PO, <laughs> the way he happens to <laughs> yeah. to fall in certain times. Um, 
you know, uh, are, are relatively suggestive. He basically falls in a position where he's trying to blow himself at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I'm sure someone had a chuckle about that, but that even that's not really explicitly a joke for parents. Yeah. But I mean that he is acting his life out. Could you imagine being the voice actor of C-3PO and having this series? His name is Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Anthony, this is some of Anthony Daniels best work in star Wars. And it is now Star Wars Legends. Yeah, he he really does go all out, go all, <laughs> go all in on this. I I was thinking, imagine I would either see, you could cut those four episodes into one episode and make it interesting, or the voice acting is good enough that imagine if you stripped out the music and the animation and used the voice acting and put something different together. You could flip the tone on its head and have something's something very close to visions come out of this. That's really interesting, actually. Hmm. Could you imagine like a, a remix of this could be interesting? That is that is real. That is an interesting idea. I mm-hmm. wow. I had never even considered something like that. But you're not wrong. I mean, the the tone of this is, you know. It, like you said, with, with 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 some judicious editing and some recontextualization, you could get something possibly very interesting out of this. Huh. I really had never considered anything like that. Yeah, no, me either. Um It's just a very it's a very strange It's a very strange time for Star Wars. Uh like you were saying before, this was pretty much the Star Wars media coming out of this time. And <laughs> I wonder if there were like I, I really gotta ask. I have a cousin who was probably right in the sweet spot for this, and I should ask him. Like, were all the Star Wars fans that you know watching this because there was because they were so starved for Star Wars attention? Like, did they they just wanted anything Star Wars since they were watching this, or was this really just the realm of little kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Children with a lot of a lot of slave master talk. Yes, yes, a yeah, lot of that. There was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is basically a, a C-3PO show. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously R2 doesn't speak in the way that 3PO does. And um, we get a fair amount of 3PO, of sort of like well-trod 3PO stuff. He doesn't He doesn't do or say anything here that is surprising in any way. <laughs> um, but but I think it's I like you said I think Anthony Daniels does a really good job with what he's given here, and I think that everybody involved at least had at least had the balls to go for it. Like, th- there aren't many half measures in this show. Mm-hmm. Every everything is pretty is played pretty straight and played pretty big, and for this type of thing, I think you have to do that. This th- this does not. This would not benefit from from a winking mm-hmm. while you're while you're delivering the lines. At least, at least, yeah. at least I don't think so. Um, like I said, I, I think that's also what allows it today to feel campy is how sincere it was. Hmm. Hmm. I'm interested to because I I'm going to watch the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I do remember them getting 
I don't know if it's just me and bad memory, but I do remember them getting a little bit more serious as time goes on, too. As we start looking, there is at least one arc that involves the Empire. Um, so, because I don't like, like we said, the entire focus of the series shifts because they change out the masters for new masters. Um, so, hmm. yeah, no, here's, here's my question about this. So, not question, rather, is, I guess an observation. Is it's a really interesting time because we they never really say when this takes place, but mm-hmm. we know this takes place in between episodes three and four. So we're seeing the rebellions just kind of you know emerging as a as a thing, and the rebel mm-hmm. alliance. Oh, sorry, sorry, the the, re- the rebellion is emerging as a thing while while the empire is not quite at full power yet, mm-hmm. but they're getting, you know, relatively close to being at their full power. So there are some cool stories that can be told in here, but I also wonder how much of that was even... You know, again, this is before any Star Wars ancillary media was really out there, aside from, you know, a couple of books here and there. So I don't mm-hmm. even know if the timeline was, like, was was figured out at this point. Yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't know what had solidified yet. Because I mean the old Star Wars timeline was always crazy because there were different levels of canonicity for things. Um which this being a Lucasfilm produced thing, I this would have been higher on the canonicity scale than some of the other stuff. Because I think generally the way that Lucasfilms did it, it was, you know, movies are official. And then the TV shows and video games, sort of. Comic books, a little bit less. Other mm-hmm. books, nobody cares about. <laughs> um, there's just some weird stuff yeah. in the Ascending Universe. When I was reading about the show, it mentioned somewhere that retroactively they mentioned that this takes place four years after Revenge of the Sith, which then makes Hmm. it, I guess, 15 years before A New Hope. That's interesting because of Boba Fett. Yeah. He will be relatively young here. Mm -hmm. So he has an excuse for being shitty at his job as opposed to uh, (laughs) all the other times he's shitty at his job. (laughs) He's still new. Yeah, he's, he's, he's still the new guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Boba Fett shows up here, which is, I, I, I think, um, well, I didn't know that going in. I was not surprised. I feel like Boba Fett was the type of character that you would show up, you, you would see show up in, in these type of spaces every now and then just because, like, he's e- he's easy to draw, he looks cool, and you could put him into almost any situation without too much heavy lifting. Like, I don't know yeah. how the... I don't know how they would have. I did. I, did they even have the name Bail Organa at this point? Like, I don't know. Again, mm. I don't know what was even in place. Yeah, so, I don't. you know, it's very, very hard to tell. Boba Fett looking much more like his um, original um, super stormtrooper design, because yes. again, they didn't want to waste money on more colors. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why would you want to waste money on more colors? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I that's definitely a, a good call as well. Um, 
I'm trying to look through my notes here and see what else I want to talk about. Uh, I liked how the, the pod race was essentially racing through that tunnel that Elon Musk made in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why were they... Why were they in that tunnel? Like, why be inside, outside? The the ham trail? I don't... Yeah, the hamster. Yeah. <laughs> but also, were you allowed to use weapons? Because Fett's vet had a laser gun. It had, like, a goo shooter. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and no, nobody, nobody seemed to phrase. care. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't think he was an official combatant in the race. I think he was just there uh, on on bounty hunting. No, I duty. think he he was like the um, he was like the Toretto of that track. He he Vin was the Toretto? big gun. Yeah. Mm. I thought I I had the impression that like he he comes out every race and just bodies people. Really. He was very mad that his car got wrecked. He he was living his life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. T- in a 10-lap race, which seems like a lot of laps. Or or not enough laps, depending on <laughs> how fast the laps are. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, to, to be fair, we know Boba Fett is all about family. That is true. Yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. The, the plot thickens here, folks. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, like you said, it's like a hamster uh, setup, but also it's kind of that Elon Musk tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was I was really surprised at the structure of four episodes with this crew, and then the next arc is five episodes with new masters. <laughs> I feel like that is a very that's a relatively um, unusual. St- status quo for cartoons of this time. I mean, even two-parters were kind of unheard of at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, these cartoons were, were sold in, into syndication oftentimes and just broadcast in, in haphazard order. Yeah. So it is surprising to have these episodes that more or less just follow up with one another so specifically. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Do, yeah, me either. Yeah, we, yeah we're used to now. Yeah, I mean, do we think that that made the show better or worse? I, I'm not sure I can tell without having seen the other arcs. No. Yeah, because th- these episodes vaguely fit in together. Mm-hmm. But the, the thread is very loose. And it feels almost like if there were things happening in between, it would make more sense. <laughs> like... The, the villain keeps returning, but, like, it's the same week. Like, it's not, right. like, up, oh, Tig is back again. It's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's also a, a strange choice that they made these villains that are, I guess they're not part of the Empire, but they're, they're sort of maybe vaguely Imperial. But- the Crime Lords... Yeah, but 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 they're not. They don't seem to be doing any crime. <laughs> they're vying to be the Dymo. Yeah. <laughs> so this is. So they, they did say they seem like terrible crime lords. They're not. They're not the best anymore. Also, wait, was this on Tatooine? That was my question. I don't know because they talk about Jabba. Yeah, but it's, I don't know if back then Jabba's sector was very large. We seem to have 
now made it into Java was a very low level hut versus the only one that we knew of at the time. So because I was wondering that too. And then I felt like at the start of the second episode, they may have mentioned that they were heading to another planet, but then I was too lazy to rewind and go back and double check. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the, the one of the last scenes, it certainly looks like they're on a vapor farm, a, a moisture farm, like where yeah. Luke grew up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, again, nothing is necessarily remarkable. I couldn't tell you, like, the scene setting of this versus uh, the Herculoids versus Jabberjaw. So I don't. <laughs> Right. Jabberjaw was underwater. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Grape ape? What was that one? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give know. you a hint. He was an ape that was purple. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the entirety of the grape ape. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, again, there there was some standout stuff in this time frame. You know, Thundercats was amazing. Um, Thundar the Barbarian, phenomenal. This just was generic. So. I, wonder, I, I couldn't tell you much about it. I wonder how much of that would have been mitigated if they were given more than uh, the second season is just one basically uh, hour long episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they if this had been given a proper second season, could it have gotten any better? Or I mean, part of it is three PO just isn't that interesting of a of a main character to be following around. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he also can't do very much. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's sort of helpless. Uh, he's also well, it, it's it's a very desperate wanting to to serve. They need mm-hmm. a master. They need someone to tell them what to do. Which, as I as I say it, and the pieces come together, I feel it's less of a like a slave master um, like work thing and much more of a sexual thing um <laughs> that's not where i thought you were going <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of pieces are coming into play with that now yeah that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> there was one thing that was very obvious to me but i don't know if it's too gross to talk about on the show or not <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, i want to hear it so uh matt are, are you familiar with the with I don't know if this is like a my school phrase or if this is a school phrase. This is a, it's a general young person phrase of an uptuck. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But I can get. I can have. I'm having a guess of what. Uh... So uh, when when a young boy is uh, is is aroused in school and does not want to give it away, he would tuck <laughs> it up into like the, the into the elastic of his shorts or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Um, and when 3PO has that microphone, uh, it is it is very clearly an uptuck situation happening. Um, it is very phallic. Yeah. Horribly, horribly phallic. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I, I wonder, you always wonder how much of this is a wink and a nod. Like, Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I can't imagine that that, I can't imagine that somebody, that an adult saw that. <laughs> and it wasn't like that's a dick, right? Like, that's just that, that that's clearly a dick. Yeah. But also, yeah, you know, it'd be really funny if yeah. he was bent over like he was taking it in the ass for half an episode. Yeah. Or if or if he, he falls down in a way where his head is in his crotch, where he's clearly <laughs> blowing himself. Like, you know. 
Or the, when they were in that escape pod at the end, he was just bent over. Yeah, he was yeah, <laughs> just waiting for R 2s forceps or whatever, you know. Uh, I, 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 yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it, it, but but again, like I is this was this people laughing or did people not care at all about this? And it was just it, like whatever, man. He's bent over. Who cares? No kid's gonna care about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think like were parents watching cartoons with their kids in 1985 no. or like were kids no. just yeah Liz, did your did your mom or dad ever sit down with you and watch cartoons I, I don't know I feel like maybe my like dad like well I don't know I, I remember watching He-Man all the time I, I'm pretty sure my dad maybe watched it sometimes but also made fun of it so I'm well, sure yeah, but I think there's also there's probably a hierarchy here there's probably certain shows that your parents would sit and watch with you Maybe for a few yeah. minutes, but I feel like they, they they weren't really paying attention to them. You're right yeah. because now I think like Saturday morning I would be all excited to get up and watch cartoons, but no parent was watching with me. They were doing other things. Yeah. Right? They, they, I, they may, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the guy from Who's the Boss is introducing a <laughs> homoerotic robot show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So I I did want to talk about some of the things from this that that have have uh, some re- relevance to mm-hmm. the uh, to the future of Star Wars, which is that um, Gendy Tartakovsky, who did the, the 2D Clone Wars series, had said that he made uh, 3PO's eyes expressive in defer- it, 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 as sort of a tip of the hat to this series, which okay. is pretty fun. Um, yeah. There's a villain called Admiral Screed, who we have not met yet, who shows up in the Tarkin novel... And in one of the aftermath novels, um, which is interesting. I I don't think he has a big part to play in that, mm-hmm. but he's he's certainly there. And the most interesting thing is that there is a character in future episodes called Kaibo Ren. Oh, I saw that, huh? And so people think that maybe that name was just. I mean, obviously, it's this is not Ben Solo because this will be you know. <laughs> 40 yeah. years before his birth or so or at least at least 25 years before his birth but just the name Kaibo Ren certainly sounds like mm-hmm. uh you know the character that we are that we are now very familiar with that's interesting i also just want to say just sort of apropos of nothing that this show did do a good job with its star wars names mm-hmm. jor dusat and thal jobin are like fantastic <laughs> uh, yeah, Star Wars names. They are. Um, yep. Even uh, Kia Mall. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them from later episodes look really funny, like Mungo Bauba. <laughs> 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 um, or, or like, you know, what's the funniest to me? I, when I read this before, I legitimately was laughing out loud. There's a character named Jessica Mead. <laughs> Which is just a regular name. <laughs> just, I could have gone to high school with Jessica yep. Mead. Um, just very funny, funny that Thal Jobin and Jessica Mead are characters <laughs> of this show. Yeah, Tig Fromm. Uh, you know, there, there, there is some good stuff in terms of the names. Um, Before, oh, sorry, I was saying. On another random note, I like how Order sixty six gave a new flavor to that. Um, hey, a Jedi had me working his speeder once and didn't come back for this. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. Yeah, he's like, was... nope, that dude's dead. You've got a dead guy's sword, man. Yep. <laughs> no, you're yes, just you do. waving it around. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they're very loose and free with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would think, too, like at that time, if this is four years after Revenge of the Sith, like people know there were Jedi and now they're just dead. You probably shouldn't be like waving that around. You probably think yeah. it's uh, it's 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 a pretty like that's, that's like having a that's like a, that's like finding uh like uh, in 1993 finding like an Iraqi rifle someplace like yeah. this war just ended. You probably shouldn't be flashing that around, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah. Now, an thing. Inquisitor came knocking once R2D2 and him left. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Although I see, I feel. Like in the Star Wars canon, as they leave any group of people, they're immediately murdered. Yes. It's very much a kiss of death. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, oh, look at that. I did not realize this. In 2021, for Lucasfilm's 50th anniversary, Hasbro released a Target exclusive line of action figures based on the series, featuring oh. the titular droid duo and Boba Fett. Hmm. I would like to see a picture of these. I'm hoping mm -hmm. I can find one. Uh, oh, they, they look almost exactly the same as regular ones. Except Creepio's <laughs> innards are blue. Oh, okay. We Which is how he looks in the cartoon, obviously. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, he blew himself. Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, any other closing thoughts on these uh, these cartoons? Um... I I will say, as much as I am commenting about their forgetfulness, I'm going to watch the rest of them because I think they're worth just having on. Um, it's the same thing to me. Like, I... There's, like... I, I'm a big, like, Japanese anime kaiju nerd. And, like, I... I like, in theory... A lot of like the you know old Godzillas or yep. um, uh, Ultraman episodes and stuff, but sometimes they're just they, there's been something lost in time and translation, and I feel like that's a piece of this. So I'm enjoying visiting it, even if I'm not loving watching it. If that makes sense, it it does, and I would echo Matt's sentiments in that I I feel like while this maybe wasn't a riveting show for me to watch. I feel like if it's something you are interested in, it's worth checking out. Yeah, perhaps we'll watch some more of these for a future episode. We'll, we'll decide that uh, off air, I presume. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I would encourage listeners to go check it out just for the curiosity factor. Because mm -hmm. it's or yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was say, or watch uh, watch the intro at least. Yes, definitely peep that theme song and intro. Um, Stuart Copeland, you'll be hearing from me soon. Uh, but until next time, <laughs> remember that the Force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>